We have been talking about walking in the spirit, about walking in the spirit. And really the point of this group of messages and what I want to portray and what I want you to get, what I want you to receive, what is on my heart, is that you learn to be led by the spirit. When I was looking for a house here in Columbia, when we first moved over here, we moved to an apartment. We just, we sold the house that I was telling you about, the house in Florence. We sold that, we moved over here, and we just got an apartment. Because we just wanted to get over here, and it, we just got a cheap place. Um, and the intention was not to have baby number three right away. Amen. But after bringing baby number three into the apartment, our two-bedroom, 800-square-foot apartment, with three children, three and under, <clears throat> your boy needed some room. I needed some space. I needed to breathe a little bit. Come on, y'all. I needed some space. I needed, I needed, a, you know, I needed to be able to shut some doors and keep some kids out. You know what I'm saying? So I started praying and just asking God, you know, um, God, what's next? Do, you know, because I was I really felt like that was the right move for us coming over here was to not rush into buying, get familiar with the area, get planted in the community and all those things. And so we had done that. We had um, when I started praying, it was sometime around, I think, you know, 10 months or so into us being here. And I knew we had a 13 month lease. So I knew I had like three months or so to pray about it and uh or it had to be even before that because they make you renew before the 13 months is up. Anyways, I started praying, God, what do you, do you want us to have a three-bedroom apartment? Do you want us to have, because I mean, I'll just stay right in the apartment complex and we'll just get a three-bedroom apartment. And so we looked into that. We got all those options and all those numbers and I prayed about it. God, do you want us to rent a house? What would it look like if we rented a house? And so I got those numbers and I prayed about it. And I looked and I researched and I prayed about it. You know, I didn't just ask God to not do anything. I didn't just ask God and then just sit on my hands. I was praying. I was asking God, but then I was doing stuff. I was researching. I was making phone calls. I was asking questions. I was talking to realtors. I was looking around. I talked to the apartment complex. What are my options? When do I have to let you know? How much is it going to cost? Now, what if we renewed um, early? What if we moved to the three-bedroom early? Is that an option? How many months would we have to lease? These are questions. I'm asking questions. I'm doing research, but I'm not rushing to make a decision ahead of God. I'm taking the information and I'm presenting it. I'm giving it back to God and saying, God, I, I could do this and we could do this. And in doing all that and all that praying in my heart, in my spirit, I just kept hearing it's time to buy. It's time to buy. Now, I did not know. Obviously, none of us knew about the pandemic. We didn't know anything about what was coming. We didn't know any of the, the struggles that were ahead. This was late last year um, and we're coming into I forget what time the the my, my lease our lease went up sometime in the summer. And, uh, and so all that came to, okay, it's time to buy. Well, you know, I, I, I picked that up. I, I knew that not because God showed up in my bedroom on a Tuesday night. Now, I would have loved that. We have a lot of mics in here, but the Archangel Gabriel uh, or uh, Michael did not show up in my bedroom. No angel spoke to me. There was no light from heaven. I was not out in the store and all of a sudden a real estate book flipped off the shelf and fell into my shopping cart. Nothing crazy happened. In my spirit, as I prayed, as I sought God, as I asked questions, in my spirit, I want you to point to yourself and say, in your spirit. In my spirit is where God put that on my heart. He spoke to me in my spirit. I heard not an audible voice, not some loud thunderous, no, just a still small voice. It's time to buy. 
And then I began to, as I pondered that, as I meditated on that, I, I began to realize and recognize the benefits of buying. You know, if we did buy, it would give us some storage to do some different things and to do some things for the church. And, and then, you know, we'd be able to do this and that. And actually, as I ran the numbers, we would do better financially month to month. We'd have a higher cash flow or cash um, balance because renting around here is kind of expensive, uh, renting a house at least. And so all of this came to, all right, it's time to buy. Well, then what do you have to do? You have to find a real estate agent and look for a house. Does anybody know the chapter verse where it is you can find your house? It's not in the Bible, right? There's lots of great stuff in the Bible, obviously lots of direction. The, the foundation, I'm going to use my iPad because I have the Bible open here on my iPad. The foundation of our relationship with God is on his word. Say his word. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, and we're going to talk about how that relates to being led by the Spirit. But th- that's not in the Bible. The address that we currently live at is not in the Bible. How did I find it? I started looking. I called a real estate agent. I prayed. To, I, I, I didn't really necessarily pray about that specifically. Just as I called and talked to different real estate agents, I followed my spirit. Where did I have peace? And then as I, I went through that, uh, we started looking. And I think the real estate agent thought I was crazy. Have you ever had anybody think you were crazy? Just thought you were just nuts. You're just, and I, he was a great guy, don't get me wrong. I would recommend him, fantastic guy. But I think he thought I was crazy because I wanted a certain type of foreclosure in this type of community, in this area, close to the church, at a certain price range. He said, man, you're not going to find it. And everyone that he would send me had already been foreclosed for so long that they were like, one of them had like 100 offers. One of them had 30-something offers. He said, you'd be number, I think it was 33. I would have been offer number 33. How many of you know you're not getting that house at offer number 33? They're going to take somebody else. But I really, I couldn't get out. I mean, what, what God had put on my heart, the type of house he had put on my heart was, was, was it, it never left. I continued to pray. I continued to talk to my wife. I also, we were, let me throw that out there for those of you that are married. We were making a joint decision on this. We're praying. We're talking. She's praying. I'm praying. Here's my point. One day, as, as, or before I get to my point, to, to make sure you have the backstory, the real estate agent would send me emails with houses. And so he was recommending them. But one day, I'm going through his email, and I'm clicking on these different houses. And as I'm clicking on the houses, I would look up in one app, right? So I flip over my email on my phone, and I flip over this other app, and I look it up. Email app, and I'm flipping back and forth, right? And as I open up the other app, I scroll down to the bottom, and if y'all, y'all know on all these uh, websites and things, they have recommendations now. So I get down to the recommendations, and I see this house. I say, man, I've never seen that house before. I see the price point. I see the stats. Three bedroom, two bad. I'm like, okay. I click on it. I start flipping through it. I could tell from the pictures it was a foreclosure. I'm like, man, this is great. Why didn't, why didn't, I don't want to say his name, but I said, why did he not send this to me? Why didn't I see this? Maybe did he send this to me? I go back to my app. I mean, my email. I look it through. No, he never sent this to me. I go back and I'm like, man, this is great. I Google map it. I go and show my wife. I actually, I, was, uh, I went out for an errand, I think later that day, and I rode over there and looked at it, and I'm like looking around. I'm like, man, this is great. There's, there's no sign in the yard, though. I bet I missed it. I bet somebody's already got it. So I immediately text him. I came home. I told my wife later. We rode over there, and he wrote me back, and he said, how did you find this house? And, and then he called me, and he said, listen, this house is a Sumter listing. 
is listed by a Sumter agent. It's not even in the Columbia listing system. How did you find this house? Is there a sign in the yard? I said, no, there's no sign. Is there this? Is there that? No, there's none of that. See, when I, when I was on that, that app and that, pay, that, that site, that picture showed up, in my spirit, I did, again, I want y'all to catch this, there wasn't some light from heaven, some mysterious thing. I've trained myself to listen to my spirit, to follow the peace of God, and I knew in my spirit that if this wasn't the house, it wasn't going to be because of me or God. It was going to be for some other reason that we didn't get this house. That this was the house. I just, I knew, I just knew that this was the house. And I had, you know what's amazing when God speaks to you that way and God reveals something to you that way? During the whole process, it was difficult because of COVID, because of all these other things. Um, when we first started, the other, the, the, the other um, agent had, had issues with the previous person. I don't, there were all kinds of issues. But I never wavered because I knew in here. I knew in my spirit, this was the house. You know, we're going through that right now. We're remodeling our house. As we're going through this, you know, I don't think God really cares what type of hardwood we choose. But you know what I know he does care about? He doesn't want me to get the wrong one. He doesn't want me to get the one where they say it's waterproof, but it's really not. Or they advertise it as this, and it's really not. Or, or they, it's cheap on one side of the price, but then it'll actually cost you more later. You know, God knows all those things. And he cares about it. So as we're going through this remodeling phase, you know, again, I'm not asking God about every little detail, but I'm following my spirit. Last couple of weeks, we talked about renewing the mind and the role your mind plays. So before I get into today's, the diving into today's message, I want to remind you of a very important facet. You are a spirit. You are a spirit. So when God speaks to you, he speaks to your spirit. He speaks to you on the inside. The Bible says in Romans that your spirit bears witness with his spirit that you're a son of God or a daughter of God, that you're a child of God. How? Because his spirit, his capital S spirit speaks to where? Say it again. Point to yourself and say, my spirit. That's where God speaks to you. That's where he deals with you. That's where he talks to you. If you're going to get direction from God, it's going to happen in your spirit. So check this out. What's What's the other part of you or other parts of you? Well, you have a flesh. You live in a body. And you have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and emotions. So you, the real you is your spirit. So as I talk, I'm going to keep the spirit in the middle. All right? Then you have your mind, your soul over here, and you have your body. All right? All right, so that, just keep that in mind. But in Galatians chapter 5, this was our staple verse because I'm talking about walking in the spirit. And it says this. It says, I say then, walk in the spirit. We all say that when we say walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This is chapter 16, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another. Your flesh and your spirit are at enmity with each other. They're at war with each other. Your body wants to do things that your spirit doesn't want to do. Come on, somebody. You ever done that? You're, you're, let's say, let's go back to my example of, of buying a house or making a purchase like this. Maybe you're purchasing a car. All of us have, have most likely either purchased a car or rented a car or something like that. Sometimes we get impatient. So our flesh 
It's like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. I got to have it. I'm so tired of this car. I can't drive like this anymore. And I can't deal with this situation. And I can't, right? Man, I felt like that with this house. I felt like, I'm like, man, I cannot go another month with these children up in this 800 square foot house. That was my flesh. But my spirit said, you better go talk to the office because if you don't find the right house, you need to see if you can go month to month. Don't buy the wrong house, JT. Don't buy the wrong house. That's my spirit. You see the difference? My flesh is saying, day, the day I can move out of here, I am moving out, baby. We are getting out. We get some space, some freedom. That's my flesh. My spirit saying, now, JT, don't rush. Don't buy the first house you see. Don't buy the first three-bedroom, two-bath. Just because you broke down some things on a paper that you're believing for, don't buy the first one that meets that because there might be mold. There might be mildew. There might be structural damage. There might be issues. It might need cleaning. Whatever it is. See what I'm saying? Get the right house. Get the right house. Get the right, whatever the decision is, get the right car. Get the right, ooh, let's, let's go since it's Soulmate Sunday. Get the right one. Get the right person. Get the right spouse. I, I know you're lonely. I know, I get it. Don't, don't rush past God. Get the right one. Get the right one. It goes on to say, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are, catch this, this is verse 18. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. How good is that? If you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. I was reading this week and I was studying in Ephesians chapter 4. And I think there's some things that we can get from Ephesians chapter 4. I want you to turn over there. Because there's some things that we can pick up that are going to help us and some points that we need to understand from this. You know, these books of the Bible that are um, in between Acts and Revelation are the epistles. They are letters written to you. Have you ever had a letter or an email or a text come to you that wasn't for you? Anybody ever get that? I love getting those texts. It's like, hey, Bob, I'll be there in a minute. Sometimes I just want to mess with them. I want to reply back and be like, okay, wait, where are we meeting? And drive over there and hang out with them for a minute, you know? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've never done that. I have thought about it, though. No, but what do you do? You reply and you say, uh, wrong number. That's not for me. But these letters, Ephesians, Corinthians, Philippians, Romans, these are letters that were written to those churches. They were written to you. They were written to you and they were written for you. I want you just to, to, to grasp that because as we read these books of the Bible, it's important you understand it was written to you. It was written for you. It was written to the church. It was written to believers. It was written for people to understand how to have a relationship with God, how to have a better relationship with God, how to improve their, 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 their life status, whatever it is, but all in terms of how God deals with you. And so in Ephesians chapter 4, it says this, starting in verse 17. It says, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. We're talking about what? We're talking about walking in the Spirit. This is walking in the Spirit, part 3. Go back and listen to parts 1 and 2 when you get home. Check out the podcast. Check out YouTube. Here, we see not to walk... As the Gentiles walk. See, there's a walking in the spirit that we have to do that 
that, that means that we've got to walk in tandem with or walk along with the Holy Spirit, that he's the one leading us. What do we see in Galatians? That he's the one leading us, that if we're led by the Spirit, then we're not under the law, which means we're not under the curse of the law. We're not under the, 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 the bondage of the law. See, they knew they could not complete the law. They could not complete the things that, that had been established in the Old Testament. Jesus came and established a new covenant. His new covenant Release the Holy Spirit to walk with you, to be with you, to live inside of you. And if you walk with the Spirit, if you walk in tandem with God, if you don't get ahead of him and you're not behind him and you walk in the Spirit, you walk in a relationship with him, then, the, then, then you're going to obey his word. You're going to live in his word. You're going to live in his blessings and the things that he wants for you, the plans that he has for you, they'll come to pass because you're walking in tandem with him. You're walking in balance with him. The things that you, you, you have to understand is how not to walk. One of the things we have to understand is how not to walk. He says here, don't walk as the Gentiles walk. How do they walk? In the futility of their mind. You know, your mind is dirt. Your mind's part of your body. It's part of your flesh. It's dirt. Adam was made from dirt. Thank God that God blew or, or breathe his spirit into man. The life force that you have is your spirit. It's not your mind. Your mind, th- thank- thankfully, that's what allows us to comprehend and understand things. But have you ever felt like you th- this things happen or you sense God's presence and you can't put it into words? You can't describe it, right? Even as I teach you how to be led by the spirit, it's hard to put into words. Why? Because it's a spiritual thing. My dirt mind can only, it's futile. They walk in the futility of their mind. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. That word heart there is important to note. When the Bible talks about heart, most most of the instances that you see the word heart, it's talking about your spirit. And we know that because they did not have science the way you and I have science. When you hear the word heart, what do you think of? Ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. You think of ventricles and whatever. Is ventricles even the right word? Okay, okay, thank God. I just threw that out there. I don't, you know, whatever. But, but you think of that, right? Ba-boom, ba-boom. You think of the heart, the pumping. You think of blood. You think of red. You think of Valentine's, whatever. Okay, they didn't know, I mean, they knew, they knew that there was an organ in them that pumped and they could hear all that. They weren't, they weren't ignorant to that. But what my point is, is that they were talking about, in that original Hebrew and even the Greek word, it all works and, and, and builds around the idea of your life force, your spirit, the center of your being. That's another way that they would put it. They would describe it as the center of your being, the real you. Their, their spirits were blind. Do you see that? What were they blind to? The leading of the Holy Spirit. They were blind to it. They were ignorant to it. The, the Bible says that, 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 that um, um, well, uh, let me go on because I'm going to break all that down for you in just a second. But they were blind to their spirit. You know, God still speaks today. Look, look at John chapter 10, verse 27. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Romans 8, 14 that I quoted earlier. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God... These are sons of God. Then we pick up later in Ephesians chapter 4, and it says this in chapter 4, verse 22. If you can go there, Brother Chuck. It says that you put off. 
I want you to say these words, say put off. That you put off concerning your former conduct. The old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust and, the, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That you put on the new man. Say that when we say new man. Which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So number one, we've got to put off the old man. Number two, we've got to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In other words, be renewed in your mind. Your mind has to be renewed by the word of God. I just preached two weeks on that. I'm not going any further on that today other than to say if you miss those sermons, they're really good and they'll help you. We dealt with emotions. We dealt with all kinds of things. Because if you, get, if you allow your emotions to get in the way, you're going to miss God. I'm just being real honest with you. I'm just shooting you straight this morning because sometimes we like to say, oh, well, you know, it's not that, you, that having emotions is bad. It's that if they're in the way, you're going to miss your spirit. You're going to miss, where does God deal with me? Where does he speak to me? He speaks in my spirit, and I've got to be tuned in here. You know, you can have a radio and have it turned off. Is the frequency still there? Watch this. Can you? it on, when I turn it on like that, the frequency comes back. For those of you that were online, that was a test to make sure you're paying attention. But no, what what, what do we do? When I turn that back on, the frequencies all pick back up. They were all talking the same time. The same thing happens with your radio. You know, Caleb is still playing right now. Are any of you hearing it? Nope. But if you go in your room or your car or your wherever and you turn on your radio to 89.7, Caleb comes in. You've got to tune up your spirit to hear the voice of God, to hear God speak to you. Check this out. We've got to be renewed by the spirit of mind, get our mind out of the way. And then number three, we put on the new man. Go home and read Ephesians 4. It's fantastic. But I want you to notice something from this. Really important. You, you put on the new man. You put off the old man. You do it. One of the things that bothers me in, in today's Christian subculture is that we tend to make it all about God. Because we know that God start, you know, he, he is the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and Omega. He is everything. I mean, he, he, he is con- in control in that sense. And we know that. But he gave you and I free will. He gave us free liberty. He gave us liberty to choose whether to serve him or not. And he gave us liberty that even if we decide, okay, I'm going to follow Jesus. Well, are you going to obey his word? Are you going to do what he asks you to do? Are you going to actually walk in the spirit? Are you going to? Because if you don't, there are repercussions to that. If you do, there are blessings to that. It's up to you. You put on the new man, which was created according to God and true righteousness and holiness. Who's the new man? That's your spirit. But but what it's saying is, is that you've got to tune into your spirit. In other words, you've got to, um, Paul used another way of describing it. He said that he put his flesh under Daily, he put his flesh under. Your flesh is going to want to do things. Your flesh is going to want to be places. Your flesh is going to, how many of y'all want to say something and you know you shouldn't say it? You know you shouldn't say it, man. If I, I should have, how many of y'all left one of those conversations, you're like, mm, I should have kept my mouth shut. Okay, catch this. I'm teaching you something. That. That feeling on the inside that told you you should have kept your mouth shut, that was your spirit. 
The feeling that you had, that sense that you had, I don't even want to call it a feeling, but the sense that you had that, that was rising up to say, no, don't, don't do that. Don't cuss. Don't. That's your spirit. Why? Because your spirit is in tandem with God. Your spirit is the one that's connected to God. And so you've got to put your flesh under. You do it. You do it. All right, let's keep going here. Because I want, to, I want you to catch a couple of key points as we dive into being led by the spirit. All right. Number one. Or, or point A, one of my main points today, is that, I mean, let me paint a picture for you. Because I, I, feel, I feel very, I got a lot of a- analogies today. Or like in my analogies, I think it helps. Sometimes, you know, the, um, Brother Kenneth Hagin said that, that, that um, stories are like windows to the word. That they allow you to see things and allow you to get a clearer picture. How many of y'all, I, I'd like to use this when I'm talking about being led by the Spirit. How many of y'all have used a GPS? Everybody should raise your hand, right? We've used a GPS, we've used it. Okay, how many of y'all have ever started your GPS while you're in the middle of like a mall parking lot, right? It's lost, it's clueless, right? The little blue dot is there and the arrow's going, like you're not moving at all and the arrow's just like, it's trying to figure out which way you're going and then what does the little voice tell you? Proceed to the route. Proceed to the route. Why does it tell you that? Because it's lost. It only has certain roads on the map in the system, and you need to get to one of those roads, and then it'll tell you, it'll give you further instructions. It'll say, turn left, turn right, right? But you've got to get to the route first. When you're in that no-man's zone, the the no-go zone, right? When you're in that zone, you're, you're, you're nowhere near where the GPS can point you in the right direction. You've got to get going in the right direction. I want y'all to say that when we say the right direction. You've got to get going in the general direction of where you're supposed to be going in order for the GPS to work. You know, God's word is it puts us and points us in the right direction. It it gets us going in the general direction of where God is taking us so that that then he can tell you don't buy that house. But see, a lot of us aren't even walking in line with his word. We're not even working with his word. We're not even even standing on the principles of his word. And we're wondering why God isn't leading us. You're trying to figure out what exit to take and you're not even on the right highway. You've got to get in the the word of God. You've got to get an understanding and a relationship of of just this is who God is. And these are the things that I do as a believer. And this is why God asked me to do these things. So I love him and I'm grateful for him saving me. So I'm going to do these things and I'm going to work on it. And I'm not perfect, but bless God, I want to try. And okay, that's his word. It gets us going in the right direction. So I want to tell you today, you need to meditate on his word. If you want to be led by the Spirit, write this down. This is my, probably my main point today. Meditate on His Word. Meditate on it. Chew it over. Mull on it. Let it be a part of you. Don't just, don't just take His Word. Listen, if all you do is read the Bible every day to check it off your list, I'd rather you read one verse, one scripture, and keep it with you all day than read it and forget about it. Now, now hear me, I'm not telling you don't read the word, read the word. But what I'm telling you is that the value of God's word is that it is living and powerful. Let me give you some scripture. Are you ready for this? Joshua 1.8. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Catch this. Moses had just passed away. Moses, who, 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 who took 
all of the Israelites. He brought them out of, of Egypt, out of captivity. He led them. He followed God. He went to the mountain. He got the law, all that Moses did. And Joshua saw all this. But Moses couldn't go into the promised land because of his mistakes. And now he's dead. And in the first couple verses here, God tells Joshua it's time to get your people and go to the promised land. Then in verse 8, it says this, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Listen closely. But you shall meditate on it, or meditate in it, day and night, that you may observe to do according to all, to everything, to all that is within it, or written in it. For then... Man, highlight this part, underline this part, circle this part. For then you, 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 Joshua, you, by listening and obeying, by, by, by the, obeying the book of the law, by not departing from your mouth, and by you meditating on it, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Man, bless God. Listen, he, he, he could have been down and depressed and downtrodden and all, all worked up because, oh man, Moses is dead. Now what do I do? Oh man, I got to post it on Facebook and figure out what everybody wants me to do. No, he, he went and he prayed. He spent time with the Lord. We know that because the book of Joshua starts with God told him what to do. Then as God's talking to him and telling him, you're going to go now, you're going to take the people to the promised land, this is the land that I promised you, and, and, and listen to me, in order for you to do this, he tells them, all the land that you're going to come across, I'm giving it to you. It doesn't matter who's in that place, it doesn't matter who's there, it doesn't matter who's blocking it, listen to your Father God, you've got a land that I'm giving to you and blessings I'm putting into your hand, but in order for you to receive them, you've got to walk with me. And you've got to have my word in you. And you've got to have it inside of you. You've got to meditate on it. You've got to know it. You can't be in a situation where you need the word and have to go, hold on one second. Let me just look this up. You don't have time for that. You've got to know his word. Now, I don't want to condemn anybody or make anybody, you know, like, oh, man, I don't know his word. Well, start today. Start today. Start today. Don't let me, you know, like, man, I don't know God's word like that. Well, you, you, you can. I didn't 15 years ago. But when people come down and they say, Pastor, how do, I, how do I believe God for this? Scripture comes up. Boom, 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 boom. And I can just, I can just quote Scripture. Well, I, I might not even know the chapter verse, but it just in my spirit it comes up. Because I filled myself with his word. I read his word as often as I can. I, I study his word. I meditate on it. That word meditate means to mutter. Or one of the definitions of it means to mutter. He says, first, don't let it depart out of your mouth. In other words, it needs to stay in your mouth. Instead of speaking something contrary to my word, that's another way to say it. Think about that. Instead of speaking something contrary to my word, keep your word in your, keep my word in your mouth. Man, I like having both of my hands. I can point and I get, I get double points. I can clap now. Man, bless God. I like this new mic. Keep, your, keep my word in your mouth. Instead of speaking what the, because he knew he'd already, God, obviously God knew. But I think even Joshua knew. He'd watch the people, he'd watch them go through these cycles and, and serve God and not serve God and 
Do, do God's will and not do God's will. And so God's telling them, you've got to know my word, and it doesn't matter what you see out there. He knew the challenges ahead. He knew that when he crossed the Jordan and started heading that way, that he's going to face challenges, and my word has got to be right there in your face, in your, in your mouth, in, in your heart, so that when the challenge comes, you've got the word to combat it. You can say, no, my God told me. Now let me do you one better. Y'all ready for this? Joshua was an Old Testament believer. This is Old Testament. In the New Testament, we have the Spirit of God in every one of us. In the Old Testament, there were only select individuals. There were priests, prophets, and kings that God would anoint, and and there are other select individuals in certain cases. And in those cases, God would anoint them and send the Holy Spirit to be upon them, and only them. Because of the the, the times and the, the, I I mean, it'd be three or four sermons, right, Brother Mike, to explain all that. All right, but there's a whole lot of reasons why. But when Jesus came and did what he did, we all have access to the Holy Spirit. We all have what Joshua had. We all have those moments where we can spend time with God and God can remind us. I remember one time I was in Family Worship Center, Florence, and I was worshiping God. I was crying before the Lord because I had made some mistakes in my first few years of college. And, I, and I, knew, I knew God was calling me, and I knew there was something great in my life, and I knew there were things to come, and I knew there were promises, and I knew all this, and I'm in the back, and I'm worshiping. I was hiding in the sound booth, to be honest. Like, almost like everybody could see the stink on me. And I'm worshiping God back there. And in a loving, caring way, in my spirit, God spoke to me and said, don't walk away from me again. And it wasn't in like a a condemning way, like I'm going to smite you if you do. It was like a, I've got so much for you. I've got got so much in store for you. Please don't walk away from me again. I miss you when you walk away from me. You're missing out on my blessings when you walk away from me. You're walking out away from my protection. It was, it was one simple phrase, but I, I remember it. If there's ever been a time where I actually felt like it was, it was more than just the voice of my spirit, it was the voice of God, it was that day. Don't walk away from me again. I've got so much. I've got so much in store for you. I've got so much I want to bless you with. Your future's so bright. Don't walk away from me again. You all can have moments. We all can have moments like that where God speaks to us in our spirit. Meditate day and night. If God didn't want Joshua to prosper, if he didn't want him to have good success, then how did, why did he tell him how to have good success? If God didn't want him to prosper, why did he tell him how to prosper? He wanted him to prosper. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is the discerning of thoughts and intents of the heart. What does that mean? The Word of God can do things in your life, in your mind, in your soul, in your body that nothing else can do. Take God's Word, meditate on it, keep it in your heart, keep it in your life. Keep, if you got to do, do, do tricks and tactics to keep it in front of you, put it on places, put it in the mirror, have the app pop up on your phone and give you scripture. I don't care, and God doesn't either. He wants the Word in you. Because he knows if the word's in you and you meditate on it day and night and you keep it in front of you, you'll have good success. You'll have prosperous ways. You'll have a bright future. You'll have more tomorrow than you have today. Amen? Brother Andre, you can come up. I'm going to close on that. I'm going to have to save 
my next point till after Soulmate Sunday. You have to come back and get it. I don't know, we might cover it Wednesday night. I'm so excited about Soulmate Sunday next week. I know that you guys are too, and you'll come and be a part of that. But I want to wrap up, and I want to end this today. Meditate on God's word. Get, get going in the right direction. God's word will keep you going in the right direction. It won't give you all the little details of, like I said, maybe you're, you're praying about a spouse or, you know, do I date this person? Maybe you're friends right now and do I? That's not going to be in God's word, but his spirit will lead you in that decision. But his word will put you in the correct vicinity so that the GPS of the Holy Spirit can direct your path. Proverbs 3 says, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. You know, you learn how to acknowledge him by knowing his word. You learn how to understand God. You understand him at a greater level when you know his word. I pray that this is an encouraging message to you this morning. That, you know, you can be a surface level Christian and go to heaven. But I, I, I don't want you to see, man, how far can I live away from God and still be saved? That's not the question asked. It's how close can I get? How deep can I go? How much can I know him? I, all of us live busy lives. I'm telling you, my life has never been so busy. With all these kids and a, you know, a young church that we're trying to grow and, and, and all the connection that I have to everything we're doing in all of our family worship center locations, it's a busy time for me. But it's up to me to put off the old man, renew my mind, put on the new man. It's up to me to meditate on the word. It's up to me to keep it in my heart. It's up to me to keep it. And when I do, my ways will be prosperous. I'll have blessed and a successful life. You know what? You can too. You can too. And God wants that for you. He has that in store for you. Your future is bright. Your tomorrow is brighter than today. God has so much in store for you and great days ahead of you. The best days are yet to come. Meditate on his word day and night. Stand up on your feet. I thank you for hearing this word this morning and I pray that it blessed you. I want to give you an opportunity if you need to make a decision to make things right with God, to, you know, if you have never had a relationship with God, you can today. You can start today. Nothing fancy has to happen. You don't have to sign anything. You don't have to do anything crazy. You just say a simple prayer and ask Jesus into your life. Maybe you've been serving God and you need to make things right. Maybe that's you watching online, listening to this podcast, and you're like, hey, I need to pray that prayer. I need to make things right. I need to get going in the right direction so that the Spirit of God can lead me and guide me. I want to pray with you real quick, and I invite you to do that. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you just to pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, today I believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth, that he came as a baby, he lived as a man, he died on the cross, and as he was, after he was buried, he rose from the grave, that today he's alive, Jesus is alive with you, and I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I confess him as my number one. I make him the Lord of my life. 
Today is a new day. I thank you for forgiving my sins, cleansing me of all my unrighteousness. I serve you from this day forward and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.